Okay, now these Champions League games this morning, early stages of the second half and just the one goal between the two games. AC Milan scored after seven minutes and lead Tottenham. 1-0. PSG and Bayern Munich still scoreless. Now, uh, Joe the Botany Battler says, boys, what's the deal with Mbappe not starting in the Champions League v Munich? Not sure. He's on the bench. I think he's just coming back from an injury. Actually, I oh know. I think Messi might be coming back from an injury, but uh, Mbappe is on the bench nonetheless. But uh, look at that side that PSG has. Uh, they've got, uh, well, obviously Messi and also Neymar, amongst many other stars in that side there today. And Mbappe to come off the pine, but uh, just scoreless as it stands. Now the Aussie women won easily by eight wickets against Bangladesh this morning at the 2020 World Cup. Um, now, this one's right up your alley, Loz, and it's to do with being a hero among your mates and having a great day out. Anyone who purchases two tickets to the BSB lunch in one transaction from the ATC's website this week goes into the draw to win eight more tickets to make it a full table. So basically, you buy a ticket for you and your mate or your partner, etc., and you have the chance to then be able to take eight other mates or members of your punters club, sports team, social club, maybe it's your family, Whoever you like, along with you, for free. You'll enjoy a beautiful lunch in the gorgeous new Wink stand overlooking the home straight there at Royal Randwick. It includes a drinks package. We've got great entertainment. You can get your photo with Loz if you want. Potentially be a hero among your mates and get eight of them. Eight of them in for free. Now, to do it, just go to australianturfclub.com.au. australianturfclub.com.au for more. Secure your seats for the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch Friday week. February 24, do it today. Uh, we've got, yeah, Dean Cox, the Swans assistant coach, going to speak to John uh, O'Shea after the 8.30 news this morning. Uh, how good was Josh Kerr just before, by the way? We spoke to, if you're just tuning in, we spoke to the Dragons prop Josh Kerr ahead of the Charity Shield on Saturday, gave uh, some very honest appraisals about, well, the difference basically from the Dragons' mentality last year to this year. Mm. And I know that uh, the great thing we love about this point in the season where there's no wins and no losses is everyone's got hope. But it sounds like the mentality or at least the feeling amongst that club is significantly different to what it was last year. Well, it sounds like they're united. And we look back at their presentation night at the end of last year when, what, three players turned up? Was that right? Three players? Um, so, obviously, there was a disconnect there somewhere, and he spoke honestly about his relationship with the coach. Um, but as a group, they've decided to sit down, all sort out their own differences, and come back a united team. And, look, everyone at this stage of the year is telling you the same thing in terms of on the paddock what's happening, because they will say that they're fitter, faster, stronger. But you don't actually hear you know, some of the issues and the concerns that we've and the challenges that were facing a club uh, the previous season because most people like to keep it nice and tight, Uh, whereas Josh was very open about the relationship he had with the coach and the number of players had with the coaching staff, but they've addressed that. And everyone goes through tough periods and everyone goes through adversity. You just don't roll through the year with everything being (laughs) hunky-dory. At a football club, you'll have off-field issues, you'll have form lapses, you'll have good times, you have bad times, but it's just trying to be able to control it all and have everyone still working together. And if you can achieve that, then you can have some success. But if you don't and leaks start to get out 
all of a sudden, as a footy team, you're under pressure and one loss turns into two losses and then two losses, there's a Spanish Inquisition happening and everyone wants to find out what what the go is and who's blueing with who and, you know, and, and it becomes a bit of a, a sideshow. So, so as a club... I think they've addressed the issues that confronted them at the end of last year, and they're 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 saying all the right things. Even after listening to Josh speak, no one in the media can come out and say, "Oh, the coaches lost the players." I can only say the opposite now. The coaches actually got the players. Mm. Josh is a hundred percent on board with what his coaches after. Their relationships improved out of sight. They've had open dialogue, which is exactly what you want from your teammates. So. Like there goes straight away that rumor that the coach has lost yeah. the change room is now out the window. Yeah. It's it's funny as a player because um, you, you want direct and open, honest feedback. All right, <laughs> yeah. yeah but, when you but get you it, don't really. Yeah, but when, when you get it, it's confronting. <laughs> how, yeah, how true. But I'll tell you this. How true. I'll, I'll tell you this as a player or an ex-player. When you look back, <laughs> when you look back after your career or five or six years into your career, that feedback you appreciate yeah. a lot more than what you did at the time. Yeah. And you realise that they're only trying to, to help you. Yeah. And you know what? They are right. But at the time, you, you, you don't see it like that. Yeah. You, you think you know. Well, I'm sure someone who's had to give direct, open and honest feedback to his players is uh, Swans assistant coach, Dean Cox, who joins us now. Uh, Dean, a very good morning to you. How are you? You know, good morning. Uh, now, the club recently moved into the new yep. HQ there at the Royal Hall of Industries. I mean, you've seen a lot of, I guess, facilities over your course of a player and coach. Tell us what's unique about this facility. Um, oh, the best part about it is it's 300 metres from the SCG. Um, it's right in the middle of virtually Sydney in the east. And um, the best part is is a heritage-listed building who, um, you know, it was gutted out and fitted to be probably one of the best facilities in the Southern Hemisphere, if not the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean, I've no doubt that last year's uh, GF would have been spoken yep. about at pre-season at some stage, but uh, how's that been with the boys moving forward? And, and I guess, how do you take uh, that grand final and, and use it to, whether it's put fuel on the fire this season or learn lessons or you know talk about handling pressure in, in those environments? How, how do you actually take... Um, the lessons from that GF and take and put into this season. Well, I think we've done all of that, Clucky. I think yeah. the ability as soon as we finished, you know, before the players went on their break, we wanted to catch up and just check in and see how everyone's going a few days after the grand final because obviously it was a, a fantastic year to get there, but a really um, tough finish. So yeah, all the time you want to continually learn, you want to become better each day. So for our players, it was about trying to touch with them before they went on break. When they got back how they presented and the best part was most of them did some PBs, they worked extremely hard while they travelled and then to get from there we've got to make some some marginal gains on the way we play to be a you know a better team for this year. So it's all of the above. Um, we'll continually work on it throughout the preseason and now the games are starting it's you know, it's going to be in a good space to see how far we've come. Yeah, sure. Surely you've got to be happy. The fact that you you made the the GF, so the, so the brand of footy that you boys are playing, yep. you you got to be happy with. I, and I think that can that can happen. I don't think there's too many people that have been involved in a number of big games or grand finals where sometimes you got to give credit to the opposition, and sometimes things just don't click. Yeah, I think well, Geelong were outstanding. Yeah, you know, I think, and what we showed throughout the year was. Certainly our intensity around the ball and 
you know, we were a really young, exciting team and unfortunately it didn't happen grand final day, you know, so it's always a learning experience. Um, you know, for us, it's about trying to maintain being united. Obviously, we've got a young list that's growing in experience and we want to, chemistry is our focus with that group, but, you know, we did a lot right last year and we want to make sure that, you know, the players are well aware of that. Um, we've still got some areas we need to and want to work on and, that's been happening over the pre-season so far. Mm. Yeah, Dean, great to speak to you, mate. Um, you, you talk about those young guys, and it was a young group last year. Is it just the growth of these players that will improve the Swans, or is there going to be a lot more to take? Well, needed to take that next step? I think it's a bit of both, Lars. I think, um, you know, obviously the, the players will develop as they get older and more experienced in, you know, some of the... Dylan Stevens has played 30 games, Braden Campbell, Errol Goulden, they're pretty similar... You know, Logan McDonald's a young kid who, a key forward that just needs time to build into his body and get experienced against key defenders. So that will happen. But, you know, like any any sporting team, you want to make sure that you're trying to improve consistently with your game plan, some tweaks you need to make, where's the game going, um, some adjustments. So we've done that over the pre-season and hopefully we play Brisbane and Carlton in the next couple of weeks and we can get a real... Um, sense of how we're going in those areas. Yeah, Dean, I was going to ask you about Logan McDonald. Obviously, Lance Franklin re-signs for another year. That is great for everyone, for sure. But <laughs> there's no doubt this is a crucial year in Logan McDonald's development. Um, how's he progressing, I guess, as you know, the club gets to a point where it needs to rely on him more? Yeah, he's going well. I think, you know, for any young key forward, he's only 20. Um, he's been in the system now. This is his third season. So, for Logan, it's the ability and one of the best things about Lance is not only him continuing, you know, obviously for a supporter in our team base, but it's also to allow Logan to develop whilst he's playing as well. Um, you know, to be able to make sure that Lance still gets a lot of attention so Logan can learn his craft with one of the best key forwards ever. So he's been training really hard. He didn't do a lot of pre-season last year, so he's behind the eight ball a bit as the start of the year and he's done most of it this season. So hopefully he can continually develop and become one of those young players that can take us forward even further. Hmm. How do the Swans approach the practice games, Dean? Do you put your sort of your, your best squad out there or do you, you mix and match or do you sort of leave some of your better players out first game and then integrate them back in in the second game? How, how do you guys approach it? Yeah, probably a little bit like that, Lawrence. I think one thing you need to do is to certainly manage minutes. It is a long year. Um, you know, so a lot of our senior players will probably play some minutes in the first game against Brisbane and... Yeah. Um, and then the full game against Carlton the week after, we've only sort of got two against full opposition. So you've got to take that pretty seriously because round one comes quickly and you know you want to start as well as you possibly can at the start of the year. So we'll blood some kids throughout that period. Um, senior players will get minutes, but you know we've got our last hit out this Saturday against ourselves and it'll be good to play some proper opposition. I see that Nick Blakey, uh, your key defender, he's got glandular fever. Uh, can knock you down for quite some time, as we know. What's his sort of timeline at the moment? Um, so, yeah, we sort of got on that pretty early with Nick. Um, so, you know, he had a couple of weeks that was really low-key and trying to manage that the best way we possibly can. He trained yesterday, so he'll be on a slow build from now. Um, hopefully he can get some minutes in before the start of the season. Where that sits, it'll just be a... We'll be monitoring that very closely and he's really important for our playing group. Um, but hopefully he can be there at the start of the season. I mean, when you look across this competition, Dean, and I know everyone's so focused on themselves at the moment, but, uh, I mean, how open is it, do you see? I mean, it looks like there's going to be a lot of contenders this year and, and a very compressed ladder. 
Yeah, oh, I think that happens every year. You know, I think sides certainly people probably don't predict that they can go as far as other teams. You look at Collingwood last year that were you know bottom four into top playing the prelim and one point off a grand final. So that always happens. You know, I think as you talk about it, Port Adelaide, Richmond, how far they bounce back. Um, yeah, the list goes on, and you know that's a good thing. We've got Gold Coast first up, really young, exciting team that start the seasons really well. So. Um, there'll be plenty of improvement. We've got to make sure that we continue to do so as well. What about a new face or two to keep an eye on out of uh, the draftees and recruits? Uh, yep, so a couple of young kids that are coming through the draft. So Jacob Costanti is our first pick. He's sort of a small forward who applies immense pressure on the opposition. So something that you want when the ball hits the deck and try and create scoring opportunities. And Caleb Mitchell's another one who's sort of been playing through the midfield. He's a nice left footer who's trained really hard and impressed over the preseason, and probably one that played one game last year. I think Matty Roberts he's um, continued a good preseason so far. So, yeah, we need this youth that continually come through. When they get to the footy club, they know they're a chance to play, and age is only a number. We'll play them if they're ready. Really appreciate your time this morning, Dean, and uh, what, barely a month, really, until that first game at Metricon against the Suns. It will fly around. Enjoy the rest of preseason, and we'll chat through the year. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Dean. Dean Cox there, Swans assistant. So this is the the tab market for the flag for the premiership this year. This is, I mean, good luck. If you find the winner, you're going to get some value here. Well, Geelong are $5.50 is expected at the top of the market. Melbourne are $7. Brisbane, 8 Richmond, 8 Carlton, Collingwood, Sydney, all $10. Port Adelaide, 14 I reckon they're a sneaky top four hope, actually, at $3. Uh, Western Bulldogs, 16 Fremantle, 18 And then it's 40 to 1 and longer the rest. But It's quite open, isn't it? That is open. Yeah. Well, you look at what Collingwood, as Dean mentioned in that interview then, yeah. what they were able to achieve last year coming from the bottom four into the top four. And they had a crazy strike rate in terms of winning close games. Oh, and even the games that they lost, they lost by bare margins. And they were a team that just played to the final whistle. And even in the semi-final against the Swans, the Swans beat them, but they were just coming right till their death. So, you know, it shows you you can turn it around pretty quickly. And if you recruit well and those young guys jump out of the ground, which they did for Collingwood last year, then you can go up the ladder pretty quickly. And I'm hoping for the Swans that, yeah, you know, this group of players, and especially the the young guys, they if they kick, you know, they made a grand final last yeah, year. Yeah, it's exactly right. Overall, Mate, it's still a pretty young squad. Exactly too. right. So yeah. so they're in good shape, the Swannies, I think, and I reckon ten dollars is is great value. But again, you look at those other teams. There's there's quality there. Gee, I'll tell you what, it's just getting over that mental scar, isn't it? Well, Dean Cox had it. I mean, in two thousand and five, when he was playing for West Coast. <laughs> They lost by a kick to the Swans, not by 80 points, but they turned it around and came out the yeah. next year and won by mm. a point. Depends how you final. look at it as well. You know, that's why I, I, I'm always interested in yeah, what you, you do. you the question. Yeah, yeah, what you do. Because you can't not bring it up. You can't not look at You've it. But, deal with it. But you, it, it's lessons. Mm. It's not mistakes. It's lessons. I, I think if you take the lessons from, you know, uh, uh, when you're under maximum pressure – you actually look forward to being in that situation again because you make different decisions or you'll stick firm on your decision or you won't hesitate that decision. I think once you've been there, once you understand that feeling of those those nerves and that adrenaline running through your body and making decisions in that state, I actually think that is the greatest preparation. 
you've been in the fire. So you, a lot of players either love it or you hate it. And if you love it, you're like, give me more of that. It becomes a drug. Yeah. And again, it's about showing uh, bad film, but it's also showing good film as well. Yeah. And, and there's games that you win, and there might be a game that you win by 20 or 30 points, and it might look easy on the scoreboard. But there's moments in the game that turn on one specific play or when a group of players have hustled and won the ball or won the contest. And you could easily get a clip of the grand final and put it together with one of those clips during the season in a tight game where it turned and say, listen, this is where... That's the difference This is the difference. This is where it turned, you know. And you could keep going through each quarter and each sort of period and keep coming back to when we did it well... This was the result. When we didn't do it well, this is what can happen. And this is what did happen. Unfortunately for us, it happened on the biggest stage. But you know, if you follow the process and you know that this is what we're achieving and this is what we want to do and this is how we go about it, but unfortunately we didn't do it on this occasion, that's how quickly a game can turn. And you just match them up and you just show them and reinforce the good things that they're they, they built their game on, and, and I think as a player, you overcome, you can overcome that deficit in the grand final. Uh, for the Swans fans that did go to that grand final, I'm just <laughs> trying to think what the good parts were. Uh, Robbie Williams was They've good. They've been there. <laughs> They've experienced it. That's Ro- the good part. Robbie Williams was sensational in the pregame, and, and I think it was just at the start of the third quarter, I was uh, with the <laughs> Ryan Freeland. We watched... Uh, Backed Jack and Owen, it won the Golden Rose. So we went yeah. back to the bar at that point. <laughs> um, there's always moments in a game, and it and it turns. And and there's games that you win by thirty or forty, where you did things differently yeah. to win those games. You lost by plenty. Oh. And it's and it's 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 one of those ones where it's all mental, year, all mental for you're for the Swans. Going to Melbourne this year to watch them again? No, because I'm probably the I'm, I'm the curse. Probably you're the problem. You <laughs> it was my fault. I was, when you were talking just then about learning, all I can think of, gee, I hope the Australian cricketers are listening to this ahead of Friday. Oh, let's hope they've learned a few <laughs> get, lessons. Get in that position. But I, I, see, I think I was just, again, thinking when Loz was talking about Pat Cummins. It, it's a great example. He's, you know, and I think Alex, Alex Carey said at the last 16 test matches they've played, they've lost two or something like that. So if you want to look at a record like that, yep, they're doing, they're doing pretty well, the Aussie boys. But if you have a look at... Playing in Australia when you know conditions so well as a captain makes life a lot easier, and you know the weapons you have in your team. Where Paddy is going to be challenged now is conditions are not conducive to what his team is accustomed to. So he thinks, okay, well, we'll just go to spin. So even the talk of Australia thinking about three spinners in their team, I don't think that's the right team for us. I don't think that's the Australian way. So what you have to do is, yes, you've got to back your players. You might have to go to... If it's Mitchell Starks back in, you might have to say, Starky, for two overs, can you go round the wicket and we're going to go reverse swing? Can you go over the wicket and we're going to go bounce a barrage? Pat Cummins might have to do something different. He might say, rightio, slips out, short cover, short mid wicket. I'm going to use slow ball. I'm going to use variation. He might have to go to Nathan Lott. Like, you've got to use the players around you. But the other thing which I can't wait to see Paddy in this test, I want to see if his tactics change. So how he uses bowlers, how he sets his fields, um, what he's trying to do to take a wicket. This is a great opportunity for someone like Paddy that, you know, I, I think he's been praised for his captaincy. I think he's done a great job since he's come in. This is not make or break. This is exciting for me. This is, this is take the lessons that you've learned from the first test 
as players, but also as a captain. And now you get the chance to to do it again and find a way. I, I reckon it's a it's a great opportunity for this Australian squad, and certainly for Paddy Cummins, in my opinion. Uh, we're going to speak to John O'Shea shortly. Just uh, this text. We had it. I think we mentioned this a week or two ago. Big shout out to the Red Nose Muscle Rowers, all female crew, crossing Bass Strait, world record for any surf boat crew, longest row in any day, 89 kilometres, arrived Saturday in Tasmania, rainy, raising money for SIDS, Red Nose Day Australia, regards Polly. Uh, yes, that was the crew. Yeah, they're on a surf boat. They've gone across Bass Strait. Uh, so uh, outstanding stuff by them. Gee, imagine some of the – seriously, some of the conditions they would have encountered in a surf boat. Yeah, that would be tough, I'd reckon. Mm. Something I would never contemplate doing, Mitter. Not great in the water. Would you do Sydney to Hobart? No. No, not after your, you, you telling me your experience. <laughs> what about for charity? What about for a great cause? No. Still no. No. <laughs> Mate, okay. I would be, on, I'd yeah. be downstairs for three days and I'd be that sick. Oh. Yeah, you you are sick the entire time. Yeah, I, you got about you got from when you get on the boat. I'll give you about an hour until you get out in the yeah. heads, and then you cook the rest of the way. Yeah, and th- and that's what I would hate for yeah. three days. Green. and I'd be, yeah, I'd be just a pain in the butt too because I'd be complaining. You'd well, hear not me. really. You can't. No, you actually got no, you you're that dehydrated. You, you haven't got a cry in you. Like you, you're that sick. You're thrown up everything. You haven't got any energy to even winch. Yeah, no, I just, I You're couldn't just flawed. do it. Even for charity, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't have thought. Oh, I was flawed. Could not. You couldn't get a breath out of me. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'd that's, that's the good thing. You get to a state. Once you go down, though, once you go into the bunk, yeah. you don't come back. Yeah. So you try and stay up. Uh, on up deck as long as you can. You're throwing up at the back of the boat, back of the boat, back of the boat. You don't want to move. Once you go down, Loz, you're down the forever. Tab- well, obviously, tablets don't work then. Mate, I tried injections. I tried yeah. tablets. I wore the, you know, the have those those wristbands they tell you to put on. Mate, oh, we not tried those wristbands. That- we tried everything, mate. Remember we tried the, what everything. What are they called? Oh, those the power wristbands. bands. Power nah, bands. Not the power. Nah, there's a seasickness. Oh. But, mate... It, I'm sure it's all a miss, but when you're that sick, when you're seasick... Mate, you just want anything to help you. I wanted to jump off. Yeah. I actually asked Belly, this, the owner mm. of the boat, I said, mate... Can jump in the water? Like, can we get, like, another boat to grab me or a helicopter or just, like, I'm happy to drown. Yeah. <laughs> Let me off. He's like, mate, if you jump off, we're all disqualified. Then you're like, no! <laughs> Silly you're question. Do you, have to have, do you have to have so many people on the boat? Yeah, I can't remember what our exact number... What we... what. Um, There's a range you can have of as yeah. many. I think and, Loyal and, had and, ten proper sailors, yeah. professional sailors, and then I think there was eight um, ex-athletes or celebrities, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Where our job really was to raise as much money, money as we as could can. for the yeah. Loyal Foundation, yeah. um, and we did we did well that part. But we did yeah. well, a lot of the a lot of the ex-athletes though were did pretty well. Like a few of us got really sick, but. Over the years, a lot of the a lot of the ex athletes were, mate, hands on and yeah. did a great job. But then there was a few that were. Yeah, I'd go down. <laughs> I'd go down. I'd I reckon sick. Lane Beachley was the sickest out of anyone to ever get Lane? on the boat. I know, and she's in the water in the every water day. All the time. Yeah, I reckon she was unbelievably sick the entire way. Yeah, that'd be me. I'd reckon. Yeah, okay, time to talk some racing, and uh, I'm sure he was active at the English Classic Sale, John O'Shea. Morning, John. How are you? Good, mate. How are you, buddy? Yeah, really well, thanks, mate. How active were you at the sale? 
I'll probably, uh, it's not really a, a big sale for me. We bought a, a nice colt, but um, we've been pretty active so far this year. And, and uh, you know, they were just probably a little bit dearer than what you were getting bang for your buck there. So um, we're probably inclined to go. I always go to Melbourne and, and, and shop a bit there before Easter, which is my favourite sale. And uh, just on well, on the track, well, Cafe Millennium, what a performance that was. Uh, to what extent did the cult surprise you, I guess? Well, I think uh, I was explaining to someone yesterday, we, we went there with probably three scenarios. Um, yeah, it was probably a 50 or 60% chance he was just going to brush home nicely and do a bit wrong and, and probably run a nice third or fourth, which is probably what we expected to happen. And then... Yeah, you know, there's a small chance that he would do that. He would, he would, you know, we know he had the ability to do that, but I thought he would just, he wouldn't execute as well to be able to produce that kind of performance. And then there was a slim chance that he would, he would do things so poorly that, you know, at the half mile he'd lose interest. And and that was one of the options when he jumped out and he and he got squeezed out and he was so far behind him. So uh, when he, but Tommy said to me when he, uh, you know, got in range with at the 600, he said he always thought he had him covered. So it was encouraging. So you. Having said that, then Johnny, did you think going to the races you had a, like a slipper style horse or not? We've always thought him to be a, a horse of enormous uh, ability and possibly more a stylish produce horse, Loz. Yeah. And and I'd always told Ronnie Finmore, his owner, that you know he'd be a horse that I'd be less inclined to run at Rose Hill because he's so big and he needs plenty of room. So you know, Ron had always thought I had a feeling, and and, and John Lambert's other part of it. You know, we were always targeting predominantly races run at Ramwick, and um, and so consequently, the size was has always been our main target. Uh, Saltaire certainly a nice filly, and uh, what's the plan with her now after finishing uh, midfield in the English Millennium? Of course, a race which had that unfortunate fall. Yeah, well, mate, um, she, she didn't get any luck. You know, like we drew beside the second horse and just jumped a bit too well, and then. You know, Kieran was trying to duck and get push Mac out of the way, which is always a, a difficult task to get in, and 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 so he just got posted. I was really proud of her effort. We just could have executed a little bit better, and if we'd have done that, we might have been in the money. So she'll just go to the Sweet Embrace Saturday week and and see if she can't uh, bounce back. You know. Oh, by the way, Cafe Millennium. I meant to ask you the Todman, I guess next. Yeah, Todman, Todman. Yeah, we just got to work on a jockey. Because Tommy um, rang me last night and he's actually going under the knife today. So uh, it's all over for Tommy until probably Easter, you know. Geez, you must have been happy with Quantico returning on the weekend. It was a big effort, Loz, because so much work has gone into him to get him back. And you know, obviously he's had 12 months off. And, and to be able to win and run a big performance like that, you know, it's very encouraging for, for the ownership group and my staff. So... No, we were really excited because he's a real stable favourite. He's now won seven from 13 and, you know, he's got a bunch of ability and, and, and has run some really nice races so far. You know, and I were talking before, John, I think it might have been off air. Have you had a better group of horses? Um, oh, yeah, different stages, you know, like times, you know, in the past when I when I wasn't a good old and we've had sort of two or three serious group one horses, you know, um, we probably just lack a real... Serious group. Well, we've got a bunch of really good horses, but you know, it's, you need that, that big kahuna to win a couple of G ones, lot, You know, yeah. so we're hopefully one of them in the next uh, month or so will we'll put their hand up and and pick up a major, which would be fantastic. And a horse like Quantico, I mean, you got options galore there. You could go to all host of races. What's the plan? Do you think, John? 
Well, he'll go to a race next week, Liverpool City Cup, and then, um, you know, we'll make a decision. I would expect him probably just take a step back in his second run, to be honest. Mido mm. was a big performance first up of a long break, and, you know, he might just take a step back and then... But um, as long as he runs well, um, you know, we've probably got the the, uh, the, the new market on his radar, um, and, and, you know, we'll just go from there, because he loves dry ground, he loves it straight, you know. Mm. Uh, Zoo Tiger, uh, can he make the case... For it to turn the tables on aft cabin in the Hobartville. Well, I thought the other day that you know we rode our horse to educate him, and, and once Mac got the one-one on the favourite, and we were on his inside with the cactus, you know. So um, barriers are going to be very important on Saturday, um, and you know if we're going to turn the tables on him, we're going to have to get first run on him, I would think. So you know if we can find a similar uh, the position he got last time, it, it would be. In- you know, important if we're going to win the race. So um, we're, we're really happy with him. He's worked brilliantly during the week. He's on an upward spiral. And like I said, he just needs to get himself organised and get the right run in transit for him to be in the finish. And, uh, well, when I think of something else, well, just looking at some others you've got in the next couple of days, is there something else you can sort of say will run well for our listeners in the next two, three days at any venue? Um, we've got a horse called Strombus in on Friday evening. And he trolled very well the other day. Um, he's probably go to Canterbury on Friday night. If he can get the right run in transit, he'd be very hard to beat. Jono, how's Lost and Running travelling, buddy? Uh, he's good, Kaki. Um, he's going to trial on Monday. Um, going to run first up in the Galaxy. He, he, he's sort of come through his you know, slight issues that he ended up after the autumn. And um, he's a pretty happy horse, mate. He's a pretty happy horse. We're really happy with where he's at, you know. Appreciate your time as always. John, big autumn ahead. Boys, there's plenty. And most importantly, we're not too many sleeps from uh, the NRL season and those Cowboys bouncing back again this year. I think they'll have have another big year, Johnny. I really do. I think they'll improve on last year. No, they will, mate. We're we're exciting times ahead. Although I watched the Roosters uh, Melbourne game when I was at the gym yesterday. Jeez, there's some fit kids there, weren't there, lads, you know? Mate, Holy dooly. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be hard to beat the Roosters. They have got such a yeah. good side, but there's a lot of young guys we saw on the weekend that won't start the season. But if teams get a few injuries along the way, uh, a lot of these young blokes it, it just they're different athletes these days. Talking of that, then Johnny, uh, with, yeah. with horses, like we we see athletes progress, and you know they're all coming in you know different shapes and sizes, and they're fitter and stronger. What about with the horses? I think without, um, the one thing you're learning now, Laurie, is that um, there's a capacity now because of the improved training facilities and techniques that we're able to keep horses going a lot longer in their careers, you know, and, um, you know, that's one thing that we've worked a lot on in my stable. You know, we've got a horse like Kerwin's Lane that's won, you know, 11 or 12 races. Um, you know, Quantico's now won seven, and, and that's probably the change, the techniques and manners of which we've used and be able to make their careers longer and it's one of the biggest issues you know with regard to welfare the better the training facilities the longer you're able to keep them in in work and keep them racing which is you know to everyone's benefit including the horse great stuff john thanks so much cheers boys have a good day these champions league games as they get into stoppage time well Bayern munich have scored uh mbappe came on just after the goal as well for psg but uh, Bayern scored after 53 minutes, 1-0 they lead in France. And Mbappe had a goal disallowed for offside, courtesy of the good old VAR as well. 
and uh, Munich have just copped a red card in stoppage time, so looking to hold on there, Bayern. And AC Milan leading Tottenham courtesy of that early goal. They've uh, held on to that slender one-goal margin against Spurs, 91st minute of that game. First second of Dave Stanley coming on. How are you, Dave? Uh, Mino, what's doing, brother? Just chilling. Just chilling. How are you, Pop? How are you, Loz? Good, thanks, DS. What's news? Yeah, good to get out of coughs. Uh, Yesterday, bit of storm activity around. The old private jet was bouncing a bit last night. But uh, off the mudgy later this afternoon, boys. So yeah, oh, they'll they'll be up and running up there, Dave. Yeah, I spoke actually uh, with Des Kennedy last night uh, from the Orion. Obviously, he's the mayor, and I think all the South team are up there at the moment, um, enjoying themselves. They were at the pub last night having a feed. So how long are you up there for, mate? I'm literally down there for the night. Right. Uh, so I'll go up tonight and, and come back uh, tomorrow because I'll be back in Sydney on Friday, and um, it's just good to get to all these locations which we're going to. And every place we go to, boys, like the yesterday in Coffs, they're already talking about, you know, the fact that we'll be up there for the Cup and, and other meetings as well. So, no, nah, it's going to be a good year, boys. What have we got on the show today? So, uh, obviously yesterday we had a lot of focus on Coffs Harbour. Tomorrow we'll focus on the Mudgy Qualifier. But today we'll be back looking at uh, Sydney and we're going to chat with Rob Archibald, who will join us this morning from Annabelle Nation Racing. Bjorn Baker will join us. Will Friedman. Uh, we've got Gary Lunn on the program and Mark Newnham. That's going to be the first hour. Then we'll preview uh, the Kenzo meeting with Brad Gray and Andrew Hurley. And a, bit, a little bit later on, around 11 o'clock, we've got a little provincial catch-up, boys. Uh, obviously, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have the provincial championships getting underway on Thursdays around the, the, uh, the trap. So we're going to look at that today. Some previous winners and also Graham Hinton from Race New South Wales will join us. So that'll be about uh, just after 11 o'clock this morning on Sky Sports Radio. Gee, what other troops have you got coming up? Mate, we're off to... Uh, so next week we'll be in Albury, Tamworth. Uh, then we're going to go to Canberra. We're down uh, Canberra for the Cup meeting and the Black Opal. Scone will be here before you know it. Wagga will be here before you know it. Are you doing the Calcutta again in Canberra? Yeah, we are, mate. Yes. Uh, so myself and Luke, we've got the big Calcutta at Canberra, um, which will be a cracker. And obviously that Black Opal on a Sunday... Uh, will be huge. I didn't realise how big that Black Opal meeting was and how popular it was with like the um, yeah. the uni students down there. Um, that's probably one of the toughest Monday mornings punters post mortems I've done ever. <laughs> <laughs> that morning they but, split uh, the day now, don't they? The Canberra Cup, yeah, Canberra Cup's yes. on the Monday, Monday yep. and the Black Opals on the Sunday. But yeah, it'll be packed. So we do that. What about you boys? You boys will be off. Origin will be here before you know it. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, it will be, but I'm just looking forward to this weekend's trial games, yeah. though, because you look at the sides that were announced yesterday, and yeah, most teams have put out their, you know, what looks as though will be their starting sides uh, in the first week of the competition. So we know that the NRL is here; it's going to be Get warm closer. for them. Yeah. And um, yeah, watch some footy over the weekend; it'll be terrific. Can the Dragons win? Win what? <laughs> Nothing. We'll put... The trial game. Can yes. they? Can they win this? Can they win this on Saturday, Laws? Charity Shield? Yeah, of course they can win the Charity yeah, Shield. Definitely. Yeah. I was actually looking at uh, there's a uh, the market on had, the game. $3.60. Yeah, $3.60 yeah, they ten, are. Ten and a half point underdogs. Mm. South's $1.29. Big line. Yeah, big line. But no, yeah, trial matches, anything can happen. We had actually, uh, actually, we had Josh Kerr on early this morning, Dave, and I don't yeah. know whether you heard I did actually talk. hear it, yeah. Jesse, it was great. It was awesome. What Brilliant. a refreshing interview. Yeah. There was no cliches in that interview. It was all honesty. And talking about the Dragons of last year and how they've changed this season, 
how they're more united and how they're doing everything on the park and they don't want to sort of do too much talking, it's time for action. So. Yeah. Uh, look, and I, and I love that mentality, but if you're just sort of looking at it from a, a money ball point of view, Loz, oh, if you, they don't I, have I'm the talent. At, yeah, no, well, I, I shouldn't say they don't have the talent, no, but no, just no. on paper. No, mate, I, look, their side is, is not too bad, but you've got to look at some of the other sides as well. I think the Dragons, just for me personally, if they get a few injuries, they could struggle. Um, but they've got to rely on their young guys kicking. You know, Tyrell Sloan, Bud Sullivan, um, you know, Lomax being more consistent. If they do that, you know, they've got some strike out wide and then it's up to their forwards to be able to sort of match or um, get over the top of the opposition's forward pack. But, uh, you know, I, I haven't done my eight yet, but if I'm looking at the Dragons, everything will have to go their way. If they're to be successful, yeah. Don't take me wrong. I'm not everything. Uh, I'd love them to be in the top eight. There's nothing better when they yeah. are performing. Obviously, they're my team, but they're four bucks to make the top eight. Um, St George. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean, be encouraging you to throw that amount of money, uh, any amount of money on. But if they're your team, you know, you, you've got to be confident to start the year because everyone starts on the same amount of points. Yeah. And you know, as we were talking about earlier yeah. with Manly. You know, if if you promised me that Tom Trebojevic was going to play twenty plus games, I think Manly can win. Uh, not win the comp, possibility of winning the comp if everything went well. But I think they'd make the finals. They'd make top eight. I know you'll do your predictions, boys, um, in the coming weeks. But just to put you all on the spot, right? Who's your Smokey? Who's the team that you think, no matter what their price is? And you don't have to have a allegiance to them or anything like that, but just who's the team you think will just surprise everyone this year with their performance? Oh, I don't know whether there's anyone that's going to surprise. Yeah, it's not I, a surprise, I think but the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs, who, who they, yeah, who they bought. I think they'll make the game. But, but that's not a surprise, is it? No. Everyone thinking that's that the almost, Bulldogs will improve? Yeah. Could it be like a Warriors or a, or a, or a Newcastle? Nope. No. No. Tigers? No. <laughs> Titans? No, they'll improve. Nope. No. No. Like all those sides will improve, but you know, in, in terms of getting to the top four, so I think sides like the Cowboys will go well again. I, I, I think they'll. I'm have interested to see year. how the Sharks go this year because I think they overachieved last season. I thought they had a cracker year last year. Yeah, they did. And yeah. I hope they can if they can match that again this year. That'll be unbelievable. Yeah, they're an interesting team to see yeah. where they're at. I think they make the finals. The Sharks. Yeah, I hope so. Def- I like the Sharks. I yeah. love watching them play. Yeah, they definitely make the finals. But they they what they finish. Third or fourth last year? Second. Second. They finished second. Went out in straight sets. Unbelievable. And remember, as Toby Rudolph told us last night, no Derricks. Mm. <laughs> no Derricks in the team. Everyone loves each other. There's no Derricks. That helps. There's no Derricks. We're about to find out how long for. Boys, you have a good day. Isn't it good just to be talking about the footy again? So it won't be too far. You boys will be back from 5.30 tomorrow. I'll chat to you down the line tomorrow from Mudgee, all right? Good See on you, mate.